0: Welcome all to Kingdom Life Church VA Podcast. At KO, we endeavor to advance God's kingdom one life at a time. So, I pray that wherever you're listening from, that this will help you be encouraged. Here is this week's message. So, over the um, last few months, especially over the last few series, the ones that Deacon LeVon was talking about and the messages, I believe God is trying to get us, get something to us. I've been listening to those messages over and over again. And what I learned is I don't always hear the second time what I heard initially. And I found out that the reason why that is, at least for me, is because I heard what I needed to hear at that time. And when I heard it again, God let me hear what I needed to hear at that time. Because even though the book is old, The word's not old. That's why when we you get our series, they don't have dates on them. The CDs—it doesn't matter what date it was, because you might need that word we had last year right now. (laughs) Because God is a very present God in your time of trouble. So wake up might not have meant nothing to you when it came out, but it might mean something to you right now. After COVID, prosperity might not have been what you was looking for, but you might need that right now. Because the word is not a past thing. It's a now thing. It's a living thing. So for those of y'all not familiar, I don't do points, I do questions. You don't have to answer them, but they're to get you to think about what it is the Lord is trying to get to you. So you, you don't have to answer the questions, but I ask questions. So you're going to get some questions today. So some of us believers, that is, are not in the place of God where we should be. Complete healing, deliverance, freedom, wholeness and peace is not always attained because we don't often Examine ourselves with the correct lens. And although nobody promised you a rose garden, nor a perfect life, but with God, we can live a good godly life and a kingdom life. Y'all do know that where they, that's where y'all are, right? That's what you're connected to. So there should be some evidence of what you're connected to in your life. A kingdom life. What does that look like? You should know what that looks like. You get it every Sunday. If you in here paying attention. And not distracted. And not checking a box. Or just here because you got to be here. Or here because your parents say you better be here. Because every time you're under the word, there is something for you. Maybe not the entire message. But there is something for you. God don't make mistakes, and there are no coincidences. So let's start with 2 Corinthians 13 and 5 in the Message Bible. (laughs) Y'all, I love that, for real. (laughs) In the Message Bible, it says, test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourselves regular checkups. Did you hear what I said? Give yourselves regular checkups. You need firsthand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus is in you. Test it out. If you fail to test, do something about it. Because the Bible tells you to do and be and not try. I'll try to do better. No, won't you just do better? I'll try to pray. Won't you just pray? Because in the minute that those minutes that you said, I'll try to pray, you could have prayed. Just saying. Do something. That is an action. So what are you doing about it? Every time you come in here, you hear the uncompromised word of God. And you should be getting something out of it. Whether it's correction, guidance, direction encouragement, or answers. Something, if you belong to him. Well, do you? And how do you know you belong to him? Does someone tell you? Or do you truly abide in him? And does he abide in you? Unfortunately, recently, I was able to witness you know how we say, um, I don't know what I would be without God or where, you know, where I would be? Unfortunately, I had the opportunity preparing for this message to see what that looks like. Somebody that professes Christ but don't abide in him and he don't abide in them. To see what it looks like for somebody to just, just say, they saved. Well, I'm a Christian and that's it. I've seen the broken heart, the misery, and I didn't like what I saw. I prayed for the person, but we don't say that if you really don't want to see what you would really look like. Because it's not enough to just say, I'm a Christian if you don't have no kind of relationship with God. It wasn't pretty. They don't have a kingdom life. They don't have the very thing they profess. No relationship with the person they say they belong to. So today we're going to examine ourselves with the, uh, with the correct lens. If you slow down and you take stock in your thoughts and your actions then you can identify what's exactly keeping you from moving forward, which is the name of the message, moving forward. So I was talking to somebody that had, like, um, an addiction problem. Not drugs or anything like that. You know, sugar can be an addiction too. Y'all know that, right? I don't know if it was cigarettes or whatever it was, and they said they had to have it when they stressed out, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I said, the next time you have that craving, stop and think about what's driving you to that. What's driving that craving? Because you mindlessly go straight to it because whatever's going on in your mind, in your body, in your thoughts, in your heart, you don't think about it, you just go to it. Next time, stop before you grab it and, and examine what's going on in you. So you can understand why that is what you keep going to. Why is that your answer? I remember, God, I remember when I first was single. Okay, now it's been a long time. But I remember, and uh, I kept praying and saying, I can't do this. Meaning the absence of a sexual relationship. And what God said to me was, why do you relate sex to loneliness? Why is that your answer to loneliness? It's not like you don't have friends, right? It's not like you can't pick up the phone and talk to your pastors. It's not like you can't pick up the phone and talk to us. You call us about everything else. Why not? When you feel, you know what, and just be honest. You know what, I want to, can we just have a conversation about anything? Because right now I'm lonely. So today we're going to examine ourselves with a spiritual microscope. Because it's not always what's on the surface. And microscopes allow you to see things that you can't see with a naked eye. Because it's always, almost always never what's going on on the surface. So today we're going to talk about weights. Issues, escapes, and excuses. Our lives are plagued with influences, social media, people in our lives, teachers, leaders. But how are they influencing you? A friend is not gonna tell you to do wrong. A friend is not gonna influence you to go against your God, your lifestyle. So you can't compromise me, we can go anywhere. Been to Vegas. I don't need to spend all that money to send. I can do that right here. I got my own place. <laughs> it's a lot of money. Sneaking and stuff. I ain't, I don't have time for that. But my friends know, don't, I'm not going to drink anything. I'm not going to go to the club. And don't try to, well, they already know don't try to hook me up because that don't work. But what kind of influence that you have? Won't nobody know? Let's go to the ATM and go to the club. Won't nobody know? You forget God, no? See, because my cousin invited me to go to a club when I was in Atlanta, and this is what I said to her: "Y'all safer if I don't go. Because if I go, it's going to be on the news cause something's gonna happen. <laughs> Everybody else can go to the club. Not me. I said, you safer if I don't go to the club. Because y'all, y'all have a good time. Because I'm going to be right here, sitting here, watching whatever. But if I roll up in there, somebody going to get shot, stabbed. It's going to be on the news. So y'all safer if I don't go. Unsettled matters, which are issues. Escapes. Escapes is when you avoid reality or the situation. So you choose something else besides God and use that as an escape. All these things prevent or delay us from living the, God, the life that God promised. We've heard the blurred lines, how to look past that, abiding in his presence, and last week you learned it's not too late. Because as long as you're breathing and coming in here, it's not too late. It's not too late to get it right with God, and it's not too late to do the thing that He has called you to do. It's not too late to write the book that you know you're supposed to be writing. It's not too late for the business. It's not too late for the ministry. It's not too late for the nonprofit. So what is keeping you and hindering you than your issues? You got to get past insecurity. You can't do this right here and be insecure. you will be in a fetal position in the back. You can't be a business owner and want investors and you can't talk to people. Cause they not gonna give you no money. Because if you don't believe in it yourself and you can't articulate it, why would I give you my money? Because we have 14 millionaires in this church. How many more times are we going to say that? Just saying. To move. That's a verb. They're going to put up the, the definition that I gave them. But what I focused on was continuous motion. Moving. Forward a continuous motion. That means there should be some progress in your life. We got enough messages back there for everything that you can deal with and something you ain't thought about. You should not be going around that same mountain that you've been going around for 10 years. It don't take that long. It takes a process. It don't take 10 years Some stuff he can do just like that, if you'll receive it and not get offended by the person that's trying to give it to you. Forward. Progress and getting ready for the future. Well, what kind of future do you want to have? I used to tell the singles this all the time. Your testimony is your choice. You can listen to what we're trying to tell you and don't do it and make the mistakes that we made and do it right one time. And your testimony be different than everybody else's. Or you can be hard headed like the rest of us and don't listen and end up later with your credit jacked up in debt, mad, angry and everything else that comes when it doesn't work out. And then you're mad at God because it didn't work. Be mad at yourself because you didn't listen. If I could quote my nephew, it's your fault. Because what they're trying to get to you, it's not that they don't want you married, that's not it. They're not trying to keep you single. You understand? I do understand. And I understand, and I have made that mistake of not listening to my man of God. And I know exactly how that turned out. And then want counseling and say, fix him. Well, you knew he wasn't the one when you married him. I tried to tell you, you didn't listen. So now what do you want me to do? I can't fix him. I can't fix her. So let's talk about some counseling. And what do you do when that other person don't want to come? Because if they know you a real woman, a man of God, they know you not going to go nowhere. So what reason do they have to get it right? Because you're not going nowhere. You ain't going to let them church folk know you divorced and it didn't work out. Because you don't want to hear, I told you so. Because they saw something you didn't see. See, they see things beyond the natural. They ask certain questions for a reason. So when you walk in the apartment and they stuff everywhere, you be like, I can deal with that until you gotta pick it up. (laughs) She don't cook like my mom, that's okay. Your mac and cheese ain't nothing like my mama's. You knew she couldn't cook when you married her. I had this conversation with my niece, which is why she probably ain't called me lately. Because she complaining about her mama's boy. I said, You knew that when you married him. So what's your complaint now? You knew that. You knew his living conditions before you married him. So why are you over here complaining? You did that. And then you brought a baby into it. Deal with it, girl. Okay, that's why she ain't called me. Sorry. <laughs> now that, now that I said it out loud, I know why she ain't call me. We are eight months into this year, so what progress have you made since December 31st, January 1st? Are you reaping what you're sowing? Because if you ain't re- sowed nothing, you're not reaping nothing. And that's not just money. Are you sowing your time? It's more than money. Don't shut down on me. How, why do people, this is free, why do people shut down about the very thing they want? That's why we all bought lottery tickets when it was a billion dollars. So don't tell me you don't want none. Man, I'm gonna talk about money later, so y'all get ready. So what's stopping you from continually motioning forward? I once heard a man of God talk about, uh, give a testimony about he missed his flight. And you know how the clock blinks at 12 when the lights come back on? And he said, what got you stuck? You was going well. And something happened. And now you stuck. Because God has promised you a future and a hope. Are you afraid of peace? Are you afraid of victory? Are you afraid of succeeding in things of God? Are you afraid of being happy? Because misery and pain is your norm. So anytime you feel any peace, it don't feel right. Or do you feel you just don't deserve it? That's not the life God promised for you. So God showed me that some believers don't believe it's him if they're not living in chaos. If they're not suffering, it ain't God. That's a false humility. I had to... Ask God, I had to tell God I was sorry for two things. One, feeling bad when other people are suffering and in pain and I'm not. Forgetting that I spent years in pain and crying and broken. So why do I feel sorry about that now instead of grateful that he brought me out of it? Because we're all in different places in our life. At some point, God got to show the world some examples that he can do it. So we all can't stay miserable our whole lives. And the other thing I apologize for, because I let people shut down my testimony about being debt free. Because see, when I'm with my nieces and nephews, they can handle it. Because God wants me to be an example because we do stuff. And they be like, dang, auntie, I say you can do that when you are debt free. Because I don't want them to fall into that trap of the credit cards and the high interest loan. You borrow 1500 and you're paying 21% interest. The devil is a liar. So when they hang with me, they be like, we talk about money. We talk about how to buy a house, what to do before you buy the house. We talk about saving. Yeah, you 20, you need to think about retirement. Don't you bet Social Security going to be there when you get older? <laughs> when they talk to me about that, i would be like, that ain't, that, I'm not doing that. If it's there, it's day. If it's not, I ain't going to need that because I'm setting myself up. Because now that I'm in the body of Christ, the body of Christ taught me how to be a good steward of my money. And because I was sharing what God was doing in my life financially, people thought I was bragging. I'm bragging on God. But I had to tell God, I'm so sorry for letting a person shut down my testimony because they thought I was bragging. After everything you've done for me and blessed me with and continue to bless me with, how dare I let somebody else shut down my testimony? I know what repossessions are like. I know about them places where you get them loans. I know that vicious circle. But I also know the peace of being debt-free. And talking to people, I got a flat in my tire on my Jeep, right? Y'all know I just got them things. And so the guy was like, he was fixing my tire. He said something about payments. I said, what you talking about? He said, the payments on your tires. I said, I don't want no payments on my tires. I ain't financed them things cash. I'm in the no-no club. And I said, how dare I own the job that he gave me after learning how to be a good steward and being a sower and reaping what I sow and worried about somebody bragging because you can't do the same thing or not doing the same thing. It's not that you can't. I made different choices than you, but you can do it. We do financial classes every year. I don't know why it's not packed. But how dare I? Because God need examples. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the thoughts I have, I think, towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. John 10, 10 says, the thief comes not except to kill, to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that I may have life. And I'm going to stop right there. Get the life first before you get the abundance. Because if you get the abundance first and not the life first and not the wisdom first, you will blow the money. And you'll repeat that cycle. And the things, the issues that you don't get over, you will pass them on to your children. If you don't know how to manage money, I'm going to jump to the excuse. Stop using the excuse that nobody taught you and learn. So you can teach your kids. Because what inheritance are you going to leave your children? Because if you don't get over your issues, you know what you're going to hand them? You're going to hand them uh, inheritance of brokenness, of pain, of misery. And they're going to pass that on to your grandkids. Inheritance is more than money. I'm learning how to manage money and trying to teach my son at the same time because nobody taught me. But I couldn't keep using that as an excuse. So you know what I did? I challenged him to a credit score challenge. Who can have a better credit score? Right now, I'm in the lead. (laughs) He and 799, somewhere like that, I'm over 800. And I sent it to him, boom, catch up, bro, catch up. Yeah, mom's killing right now, so. But it was a way for me to have fun with him with the credit score and to talk about debt. When you get, he in the military, so when you get certain money, what did you do with it? Oh, my, I paid my bills, I did this, I did this, I started my TSP, good. Because I don't want him to repeat. So when he bring up these females, okay, son, you know you call to preach. Because they spoke over his life. You called a priest, so she can't be Catholic, Muslim. She needs to be a Christian and the right one. And when he sends me pictures, I start praying. I get his aunties on it. If she ain't the right, if she ain't the one, okay how she cute she is, she got to go. I want cute grandbabies, however, comma. <laughs> Because you're going to be called to preach. And if she's not walking alongside of you and she don't understand that, that's a fight in the house. Right. Why you always got to be in church? Why you can't take me to the club? You come to the club with me on Saturday, I come to church with you on Sunday. I know somebody that lived like that. But if you listen. So a weight is defined as to defined as to oppress what a burden, power exerted over the mind and behaviors of others. Hebrews 12 and one says, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run the endurance, the race that is set before us. So what gets you off track? So easily. What ensnares you? Pride? Offense? Thinking nobody like you? They don't like me. Nobody spoke to me today. What well, did you speak? Maybe I ain't see you. You saw me. Why didn't you speak to me? Unforgiveness. Stop thinking unforgiveness is for the other person and you you saying that you okay with what they did to you. That's not forgiveness. You don't know what they did to me. It don't matter. So that's why when they on Facebook living their best life, you mad. You twisted. They not twisted. They all right with what they did to you. Free yourself and forgive them. Because forgiveness got cousins. Y'all need to get um, Pastor Tina's no worries. And they'll move right in and make you more miserable. And after a while, you'll start talking to, stop talking to everybody, including God. So, what's your trigger? I'm going to read um, Hebrews 12 1 and 3 in the Message Bible. I love this version. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we better get on with it. Strip down, Stop. start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how we did it, how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in a place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, and the long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your soul. So the past still controls some of us and has authority. Because we have refused to allow God to heal and deliver. Some of us is because we use our past issues to justify our behavior. we don't want to change. It's easier to be a victim than a victor. It's easier to remain a babe and fight your progress and growth because maturity calls you to be accountable and responsible. Luke 9 and 62 says, Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. I hear you. You don't get it, Elder. You don't know. You don't know what they did to me. I do get it. But don't you think that when Jesus was going through all that, he did, in, my, in my spiritual mind, he didn't focus on the cross or what was going on. He was focusing on what was beyond that cross. Because you're so focused on the issues that you haven't dealt with that you don't, you can't and will not allow yourself to see the healing and the love on the other side. Because it's become so much a part of your being. I went to one of my first women's retreats. We had an exercise on Friday night for a Saturday morning prayer. They gave us a bottle with a cork in it. Uh, and a piece of paper, and you were supposed to write write out everything that you wanted to get rid of in your life. Roll it up, put it in the thing, and seal it, and bring it to prayer on the beach the next morning. Then after we prayed, it was symbolic of throwing it in the sea of forgetfulness. We actually threw them in the ocean. Y'all, I couldn't wait for them. I had my bottle. I had my back to the water. I was like, I'm need y'all to hear up and say amen because I'm ready to throw this bottle in the water. So they said, amen. And I turned around like this, I'm done. Okay, what we having for breakfast? Do y'all know some of them ladies held on to them bottles for hours? Hours. We was changed, showered, ate, and they were just coming in when the sun came up because they did not want to let go of the very thing they wrote on that paper and said, God, take this away from me. I'm tired of dealing with this. I don't want this no more, but you can't let it go. <laughs> First of all, accepting and identifying the fact that you have unresolved issues, that's what you need to write down. That's what you need to read the word of God about. That's where you need to go to the resource center and say, do you have anything on this? Now, don't be embarrassed. Them ladies don't care what CD you asking for. They not going to get on the phone and say, guess what so-and-so caught, bought today? They having issues or hiding gossip in a prayer request. Girl, pray for so-and-so. She having issues with this. Or a guy, because y'all talk to. Mm -hmm. find a credible book about it pray about it and then lay it at the feet of your heavenly father and don't pick it up then you have to understand that certain issues affect other aspects of your life okay the room about to get tight but y'all right. being molested as a child I'm talking about me so stop tripping I'm not talking about you I don't know your business Even after I accepted that it happened, and I forgave the person that did it to me, the main person, because there are others, but the main person, I had to realize that even though I forgave him, it still affected other areas of my life. It affected intimacy when I was married. It affected my relationship with my son because giving him a full hug made me uncomfortable so he used to always get the side hug. Not anymore. But it made me angry. It gave me the mentality, I'm going to get you before you get me. I'm going to hurt you before you hurt me. It became my my escape. I'm going to get to that. So you have to understand that that issue When you examine it and you forgive it and you give it over to God, you'll be like, all right, Lord, now show me where it branched out and where it's affecting me in this other places. Don't let your pride get in the way. Because you know what? It's easy to go back to the normal. This thing takes effort. See, it's easy to go back and be financially irresponsible than to sit down every week with a budget and, pay and, and spending my money on paper first. That's what a budget is. A budget doesn't mean you can't have. It's spending your money on paper first. So forget about when your mom said, we can't have that because we are on a budget, because you think that means you can't have. That doesn't mean that. It just means if you allow clothes $250 a month and you buy that $250 bag, just know you're done for the month. Isaiah 43 and 18 says, forget the former things and do not dwell in the past. Know the difference between reflecting on the past and dwelling in it. And don't let anybody else keep you there. People are always trying to remind me of what I was like or who I was when I was 16. Y'all know how old I am? 57. I know. <laughs> Why are you still talking about? Why are you still in my past? I don't dwell there. Why are you still there? So what I say to my family, because they the ones that do it, talk about me now. And just as quiet as you are right now, that's how quiet they are. Because you don't want to talk about that. You don't want to celebrate that. You want to talk about that promiscuous, lost, broken little girl searching for her daddy, being abused by her mom. That's the person you want to talk about. Until I said, well, let's talk about why I was that way. Then you don't want to talk about it. You just want to blame me. But you don't want to discuss it. Because we all like doing this. Let's put it under the rug and just say, that's just who she is. Because the reality is, if you di- if we talk about it, you got to deal with the- where you played a part in it. You didn't protect me. Y'all knew something was wrong and didn't do anything about it. How you going to see me with a black eye at 11 and don't ask me how I got it? I got whelps all over my body and bruises and ain't nobody asking nothing. I was gonna say, I don't think y'all can. No, there's kids in here, I don't wanna do that. And I don't know how to talk around it. Kids, close your ears. (laughs) How you gonna have a daughter that's in elementary school that's getting infections and you won't take her to the gynecologist? but wanna blame me for it. All right, I know the room got tight. Everybody breathe. I know, I know. So escape is a distraction or a relief from routine or reality. In other way, it's a way to avoid stuff. So when I was coming up, my escape was music, dancing, and and we don't do endorsements here, so y'all work with me. The happiest place on earth, right? the ones that's laughing and they'll help them people around you because they don't, clearly they don't know the happiest place on the earth besides KL, besides KL. When I got older, it became television. That was my mother's escape that she passed on to me, that her mother passed on to her. To avoid. When I was stationed in Hawaii and I learned to love to read, My escape became books because I didn't want to deal with the horrific relationship I was in at the time. Because I remember him saying, what happened to the book you had yesterday? I said, oh, I finished that. I want to say I did four books in a week. Escapes can be anything. Drugs, sex, whatever. Don't let your escape be your God because that's who you should be going to because he's your refuge. I remember the first time the Lord told me, for 30 days, you're not going to watch TV. And when I turned the TV off, I burst into tears because I didn't know how to survive without that. What am I going to do without the entertainment, the mindlessness? Because I didn't got to think about nothing, I don't have to deal with anything. Escapes are dangerous. When I joined the Marine Corps, my escape became my job. While I was taking my computer home on the weekend. Don't let busyness be your escape. Do you think them people cared that I took my computer home? Because I heard somebody say this once, when you die, your job vacancy will make it to the paper before your obituary. I'm not saying don't do your job because I give my job my all, but they not my all. Because I work for God. And I tell them all the time when I first met my boss and he was talking about blah, blah, blah. I said, you reap the benefits of who I work for. It ain't got nothing to do with you. Ain't got nothing to do with me. Because if it was me, you would get a whole different Donna up in here. People crazy. Excuses. An expression of regret or failure to do something. Excuses are self explanatory. We got excuses for everything. I don't want to go to work because I don't feel well. If I did that, I would never go to work, y'all. So, whenever someone shares with me that they stopped going to church because of a church hurt, it happens. As long as there's people on the earth, it's going to happen. Stop looking for perfection in a ministry. Because you're not going to get it. I, I've experienced a church hurt, so I know what I'm talking about. Because I don't want to hear you. Don't know, you don't understand. I do understand. To the point where it made me physically ill. I do understand. And this is what I say to them. Well, that was your reason for leaving. And what's your excuse for staying out? But you can't come in here and ask for Perfection. The other thing you can't do is come in here and say, I don't want nobody in in my business when they say, we want to hold you accountable and where you at. And when don't nobody call you when you're not here, say, see, they don't care about me. Which do you want? You can't have both. And and when you do that, you cause other people to stay out the kingdom. You better be careful with that. Because your influence that's why I don't go to church. Nope, I'm not coming. Then when you invite them, because you're telling them everything you think you know, or what happened, what really didn't happen, how this person didn't talk to you, and this person, whatever, and then you invite them, and they don't come, because you poisoned them already, because you have influence. Now, whether they come to your church or not, it's on you, because we all got areas of influence. When I first got in the D.C. era, this woman on my job, I said, what church do you go to? And she said, she's thinking, she's excited because she think I want to come to the church. When she told me, I said, thank you, because I want to know where not to go. Because if you're under the word and you're a leader in their church and you acting like that up in here and this is how you treat people, thank you for telling me where to stay away from. So, what's your excuse for not serving? Helps ministry is always active. Okay, except for this area, y'all leave this right here alone. See this all over here. Y'all leave it alone. Unless it's packed up and you can drag it to the truck. That's it. You welcome. You welcome, nephew. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Why are you not serving? Because you because it's 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 too much of a commitment see in order to grow sometimes you need to change your surroundings. so when I stopped going to the club and I started serving I started in hospitality because I needed to change my surroundings because the people at the club ain't trying to get me to go right and do right they just be like you know it's four in the morning you going to the church in the morning yeah I'm going right, I'm gonna see you there because you a deacon. in the club with me stop tripping So why are you not serving? Because that's how you grow. That's how you get to know your family. I was so happy emptying trash and serving food because I was being used. They're not trying to get free labor. But you do need to be held accountable because this stuff, wait till you get behind the scenes. A lot goes on to do this right here. A lot of people are early here. And late here. But why aren't you serving? Because there's a scripture. I'm running out of time. But there's a scripture that said some of y'all should be teachers by now. And in case you wondered, that is uh, Hebrews 5 and 12. In the New Living Translation, it says, You have been believers so long that you ought to be teaching. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Why can't you tithe and give your offering? Why aren't you better in a better place financially? What's your excuse for giving, not giving your life to Christ this week? Rededicating your life this week. Joining Kingdom Life this week. Because you know this is your church and these are your pastors. What's your excuse now? And what if you don't make it to next Sunday? Now, I can't do this testimony. I'll do it later. I did that. I'll do it next week. I'll do it next week. I'll do it next week. And I collapsed on a run on a Friday with a doctor standing over me saying, We're about to lose her. Me laying on a bed knowing I'm about to die. And I couldn't even remember the Lord's Prayer. I almost said, Make it a Sunday. What the world needs to see in our lives is transformation. They need to be able to see that God can, they need to see examples. He needs vessels, not clones. You should have more influence on the world than the world has on you. I'm going to end with this because I'm over my time. I went to an event on my birthday, a big, the book expo with my book called, in case y'all don't know it, it's called Freak Like Me, Don't Trip, Freak Like Me. And it was a Virginia black expo, so it wasn't a church thing. Do y'all know I talked to more men that day than women? Except for the ones who were trying to be funny, talking about what kind of freak we got going on over here. <laughs> we see it all, y'all. We see it all. But a gentleman came to me and told me that his wife had been molested. He didn't know until five years in. And because she had not dealt with her issues, it ruined their marriage. He still loved her but he can't deal with her anger and her triggers because she refuses or don't know how to deal with it. He said they're still friends. So I gave him a card and I said, the next time you talk to her, tell her about my book. And my prayer is she'll get healed and they'll get back together because he still loves her. He just could not deal with all this going on when you don't have issues. And somebody say something to you and you snap. Like, what's that about? Unresolved issues. Because it affects more than just you. Thank you. Your unresolved issues, your escapes, and your excuses affect others. Please remember, it's not about you. KL, time is up. It's time to look past that. It's not too late. Next week, next month, next year, you should progress. If the Holy Spirit has convicted or inspired you to join or reach out to us through today's message, then email us at kingdomlifechurchva at gmail.com. If you would like to give towards this ministry or find out more, check out our website, which is kingdomlifeva.com, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at KingdomLifeVA. VA. Thank you for listening, and be sure to subscribe so you can hear more messages like this.